And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Who are we? Dude, what are we doing here? What ha what have we been doing in the last Where have we been? Uh Hey, jaded. You got your mama's style, but you're yesterday's child to me. Loud, loud, babe. Take another little piece of my heart. How's that sound over the headphones? You gotta amp that up. So I'm gonna be the lead singer, cause I wanna get laid. Well, well, what do you wanna do? I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I can fly a six million dollar helicopter backwards. I invented that. to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, November 10th, 2023. Excuse me. Today is Formal Friday, presented by Indochino. I'm J.E. Skeet, suited and booted here in the Classic Factory. And to my left, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo. Ayo. Ayo, indeed. And over yonder, the man making the magic happen, super producer, look at Sharp JD. Hello. There he is. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah, casual Fridays, no more. Get out of here. Formal Fridays, moving forward here in the Classic Factory. Oh, I loved it this morning. Picked up my clothes last night, but I saved the tie for this morning. I felt like a businessman in the 1990s, a sitcom. I walk in, I'm like, Laura, which tie, blue or blue with stripes? She went blue. Yeah, you look real sharp, man. Yeah. I like that. You got Keeping the tie. I'm gonna, uh, oh, I'm gonna save some tie looks until later uh, right. in That's the March. I love it. I love it. Uh, all right, shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Smash that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Podcast listeners, leave your boys a five star rating and review on today's Drop Pod. We're gonna look at early returns for a few off season additions. Trey has a wild game of pick your poison for all of us to mm -hmm. play along. Mm -hmm. We got five star Friday. We have rapid fire questions and a whole lot more, but. We had two games on last night. Three, if you count our pickup run. Ooh, the boys were cooking last night, win after win after win. Uh, but we'll start with the NBA action. We can maybe talk about our uh, our games later. I'm sure it'll come up. Yeah, Giannis scores 54 points. That is a season high for anyone in the NBA this year. But Halliburton and the Pacers, they rally for the 126-124 win over the Bucks entertaining finish, entertaining game because the Pacers were playing. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a wild finish and you know the Pacers are going to put up points and the opponents they play against are also going to put up points. Uh, but yeah, this was a pretty fun one. I guess unless you're Giannis Antetokounmpo in the last one minute of this game. Yeah. No Damian Lillard for the Bucks last night and it definitely showed down the stretch. Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton missed pretty wide open threes at one point. Middleton had a tough one in the fourth quarter, had a layup that would have been a tough finish that he yep. missed, and then missed the game-tying uh, 
three as well in this one. But uh, two turnovers for Giannis in the final minute of this game. A pass to maybe Brooke Lopez. It sailed over his head. It was head. very tall for a Brooke Lopez pass, but also there was nobody in the corner, so I don't know exactly who he was going to. A bad pass. Yeah. Then the next possession down, uh, Giannis tries to take Ben Matherin off the dribble. He had him for a little jump hook, but he wasn't confident shooting it. Brings the ball back down. Matherin strips it, flexes immediately. Yeah. No technical, no ejection for him. That was pretty <laughs> impressive. Apparently, he wanted the Giannis matchup there last night. He had an incredible game. Yep. But, yeah, a fun win uh, for Indiana. A huge game for Giannis. Turnovers at the end, though. Mm. Uh, this was a this was a nice game. Pacers are a pretty tough matchup for the Bucks, considering how fast they play, how many three pointers they get up. They just looked a lot more athletic than a Bucks team that's looking pretty old. Yeah, this uh, game was the perfect example of why the Pacers do need to be on your league pass must watch list because you know they roar out to an 18 point lead. You know early in this one, they could not stop missing threes early in the game. Of course, they give it all back, and then suddenly they're down 10 in the fourth quarter. Uh, and then we get this back and forth affair at the end. You know, Halliburton hit a huge three with about a minute 30 to go to give them the lead. Uh, until we got into those two Giannis turnovers, and then Middleton did have a chance, and that was a pretty good look there, yep. all things considered, uh, but he missed on that. But they are fun to watch, this Pacers team. Tyrese Halliburton, 29 points, 10 assists in this one. He is averaging 26 points per game, nearly 12 assists per game. He's shooting 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 94% from the line. He's the first player in NBA history to average 20 points per game and 10 assists per game with the old 50-40-90, those type of splits, through eight games here early in the year. He's on the MVP tracker. He should be. He's like fifth spot right now, yeah. but those are incredible numbers, and they're winning, you know, six and three here. And he was like, anytime he plays, the Pacers feel pretty good about their chances of being in the game or winning it. He's, he's playing at that level right now. Yeah, it's always going to be a track meet with this team, yeah. but they've got a good uh, anchor at the track meet. Is that, a, is that a fair, like, running analogy, Skates? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, would know yeah, better yeah. than me. No, but, absolutely. Yeah, We're talking 4x100? Yeah, you got the anchor. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. They're, they're a 4x100 kind of team. Maybe yeah. a 4x2. I'm not quite sure. But 6-3 and three so far. Best offense in the league. Second in pace. This is probably their best win so far of the season over the Bucks, even though they've been struggling to start out. Also beat the Cavs earlier this year. But yeah. that's another good win. A team that they're probably going to co be competing with uh, in the standings. But, yeah, the Pacers, they look good. And they look fun. And... Halliburton is just like the real deal. He's, yeah. what, probably a top 10 shooter in the league? Easily a top 5 passer in the oh, league? Easily. That's a good place to start for a fast offense. The Pacers lead the Central Division right now. Yes, we are the only <laughs> podcast in the world that gives a damn about divisions. They're 6-3. and three. Uh, And just like before we move on here, you, you mean you said it, the, the defensive plays he had at the end, that strip on Giannis uh, Matherin, 26 points, 11 rebounds. He obviously came out blazing to start his rookie season. I mean, he was like the rookie of the year front runner for a little bit, mm -hmm. cooled off as the year went uh, went on, sort of was a little slow out of the gate this season in his sophomore season, but these last two games, I mean, you're starting to see that again. I like, you know, forget the points. We know the guy's a bucket. I like the 11 rebounds. I like the, 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 um, the identity that he wants to be a defensive guy. Like, he's a super athlete. He yeah. should be good if you try hard. So if he's piecing it all together here, that just makes the Pacers even better. The Pacers added a bunch of players 
over the summer in Obi Toppin, Bruce Brown. Obviously, Nembhard is getting elevated to a more important role, I think, with this team. So Matherin's going to have to do more than just score, and he was doing it last night, hitting the glass, and then standing up Giannis on the biggest possession of the game for the Bucs. That was, that was super impressive. And we talked about the other day uh, Isaiah Jackson blocking Wemby. Yeah. He had another massive block. In this game, he is a sneaky, sneaky, fun watch on the defensive end in terms of defensive highlights. Like, he can get up there. He's going to challenge shots. And, you know, Obi Toppin has been good at times this season. And at other times, Rick Carlisle, he goes away from him Mm -hmm. and gives, you know, either goes a little more smaller with Neesmith or gets Isaiah Jackson out there. You know, Tice is on this team. uh, And he goes to these other guys. Like, Rick Carlisle's doing a great job of, like, any night it can change in terms of what he's seeing from these guys. Obi, again, has been good at times, and over the last little bit, maybe not. So he goes a different direction. I like that. They've got options, they got at least options. this year. All right, moving on. Another entertaining game. This one was in Mexico City. Trey Young scores 44, 45, I was going to say, excuse me, 41. He was good, but not that good. 41 as the Hawks beat the Magic, 120 to 119. Again, down in Mexico City. Gave them a show. Yeah, if you want to grow the game in another country, <laughs> play exactly this game. We got a 40-point game. Always fun to see in yep. person. Multiple highlight alley-oops in this one. Trey Young had one where he went behind the back, then looked off, then threw the oop to our guy Big Johnson out there. Yep. Uh, there was a slightly less smooth-looking one on the Magic side of things where Jalen Suggs left it for Paolo Boncaro off the glass. The Magic broadcasters weren't totally sure if he was meant to do it. They're like, ooh, Paolo cleans it up. Wait a second, I think he went off the glass there. Nonetheless, it was a highlight. Yep. Defense optional first half. Literally no defense uh, in the first half of this game. 142 points scored between these two teams in the first half. But it came down to it in the end, maybe because the elevation had guys tired. Yeah. But only 97 points between these two teams uh, in the second half. You could tell that uh, playing at elevation was taking... It's toll, I mm-hmm. thought, but uh, it came down to it in the final uh, minute of this game. Great pass by Trey Young after struggling through the second half to find DeJounte Murray for the game-winning three. And then Clint Capella got roasted by Franz Wagner. Two possessions towards the end of the game. Yeah. Then Murray hits the three. The next time down, Capella was all over. Uh, Franz took away uh, his drive to the left. He kicks out to Paolo. Pretty solid look, but he missed it. Another win for the Hawks. Good stuff. Yeah, what a pass there from Trey Young to uh, DeJounte Murray. I mean, he's almost hitting the ground when he zips that over to the corner. This game, uh, Silver needs to show this game to all the All-Stars come February. (laughs) This is an All-Star game. That's exactly right. That's what it felt like. You just went through it. First half, all these plays, not much defense, up and down, really entertaining. Second half, you know, now some of it was just missing shots. They got tired because of the elevation. What is it, 7,000 plus feet? It's big Elevation there in Mexico City. Eat your heart out, Denver. Throw that on the floor. (laughs) Put that number on your chest. Um, 7349. Oh, that's up there. Put it at half high for sure. But, but, you know, and then it obviously was close, and they were, like, locking in a little bit more. Like, that's an all-star game right Mm -hmm. there. And this was the 32nd game they played in Mexico since 1992. Um, Trey Young talked about how awesome the crowd was after. Like, he's like, yeah. We want to come back here every year and play. I'm like, that's good. Awesome. I'm like, ooh, is that a shot at Hawks fans a little bit too? Uh, Maybe. Sometimes that's a quiet arena. Yeah, I saw that there was, according to the AP at least, there was a lot of Trey Young jerseys in the crowd because he isn't too, like, grew up not too far, I suppose, from Mexico City uh, there in Oklahoma. But of course he wants to go back. He scored 41 points. Had the best game of his season so far. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. Um, Should Magic fans be worried? At all about Paolo and Franz sort of struggling here, uh, 
you know, early in the year or not at all? Or should they actually be happy because they're four and four with them struggling? How do you look at it? Glass half full, glass half empty. Uh... I mean, they're four and four, so I think yep. that's all right. They just now lost to the Hawks and to the Mavericks, but prior to that, they beat the Lakers with 25 from Paolo. Mm-hmm. They beat the Jazz with 30 from Paolo. So, you know, it's just his second season. They're going to be up and down. Same with Franz Wagner. Uh, and you saw, like, on those couple of possessions, he got by Capella easily one time. He didn't get by Capella easily one time. They're still very early on in their rebuild. They're still just trying to make the play-in tournament uh, at this point. So... Uh, yeah, there are going to be up and down games for these, both of these guys, but I ain't too worried about it. I, I think the only thing I don't love about the Magic, like the makeup of their team, is it does feel like a lot of overlap with, now that they have Anthony Black in the mix, with Fultz, and with Suggs. They all feel very, very similar to me as players. I think they need more shooting Absolutely, on this team. Do. Like, you saw it even in that possession with Franz. It's like, there's they're not really, like, respecting a lot of the shooters out there, so you can sort of pack the paint a little bit more. Um, this team's like, that feels like a team that could make a move. Like, I don't think you're moving off of Black, obviously, you know, uh, a high pick that they just did, but maybe one of those other guys... It makes some sense to, like, just help the roster, to balance it a little more with shooting, if you can. Yeah, they were considered a Buddy Heald team. I know at one point yeah, over right. the summer they were considered a Fred Van Vliet team. They need some more help on the perimeter, yeah. but they have invested a lot of picks recently in guard types. So we'll see who's able to actually uh, establish themselves. Like Jalen Suggs is given a great defensive effort out there. When he scores, it's helpful, but he's not going to be their number one creator from the outside. Uh, so yeah, they could use a guy who's literally just a catch and shoot, which is why they brought in Joe Ingles over the summer. Like he's near yeah. the end of his career, but he can shoot it and he will shoot it. But when your two best shooters are Joe Ingles and Gary Harris, you need shooters. Yeah, I guess they did draft also. I always forget Jet Howard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know some people were saying, ooh, they probably maybe should have taken Hawkins there with that second pick with how great he's looked for the he's Pelicans. nice. Uh, but just final thought here on Mexico City as a, a potential expansion team. I mean, the metrics say that there's like 30 million fans in the country. Uh, the NBA obviously keeps going back there. They've got this brand new arena. They have a G League team. Um, do you think they will be at the top of the list for like – a potential location when it comes no, to expansion? No, not the top of the list. Okay. Maybe third. Okay. It's like Las Vegas and Seattle. I so think, think we'll it's get turns be a while way here. before uh, Mexico City gets it to. Okay. But okay. they could. It looked cool. The court did. Yeah. With like that giant logo outside of the logo. Oh, man. Going from paint to paint. Like <laughs> yeah. That sort of Aztec theme, I yeah, guess, Yeah, exactly. Right? It, it looked cool. Yeah. It We've seen that cool. one before. It looks good. All right. Uh, those were last night's games. Any thoughts on our run? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forgot to make a lower third for it. But, I heard uh, the magic needs shooting. Maybe they should call me. Yeah, we reversed roles last night. I was thinking about this on the way in. I scored all in the paint, and you were all basically outside the paint. You yeah, were splashing threes. Uh, I don't know. We've played together a lot over the past decade-ish. Yep. You've probably never seen me make that many threes no, in you a were, single You night. were on fire. That was, cra- that was crazy. <laughs> you were legit on fire. That was, that was wild. I kept feeding you. Shoot it, big yeah, man. Yeah, Let it go. Exactly. You were exactly, locked yeah. in. Uh, victory after victory for yeah, us that was last nice. night. That was nice. All right, let's uh, go to a new segment here, simply titled Three Questions. Yep, I got three random questions for UTK and for everybody watching live here on YouTube and everybody listening. First question, most underrated team in the league? I thought this was actually difficult to answer. Sure, sure. When you look at the standings right now, 10 of the 15 teams in the East are 500 or better. Eight of the 15 in the West are 500 or better, and that includes like the Clippers, Kings, and Lakers, and you know even Grizzlies. They're all under 500, mm-hmm. maybe a bit of a shock. They're, they're right around there, some of them, not the Grizzlies, but... Who would you pick right now, most underrated team? 
For right now, I'm going with the Houston Rockets. Okay. They're yeah. fifth in the league in net rating right now. Wow. It's skewed a little bit. They wow. smashed the Kings and they smashed the Lakers, both missing their stars, but they won those games by huge margins, which definitely helps uh, your ratings. But so far, 11th in offense, 9th in defense. They've won four straight. Dylan Brooks is balling out there, 14 points per game on nine shots per game, Skeets. This guy's not just chucking it up no. out there. He's actually taking good shots and making them right now. 57 from the field, 54 from three, 94 at the line. I don't think he's going to finish as a 50-50-90 guy, but Unlikely. if he does, lock him in for MIP. Fred Van Vliet, I think he's been pretty bricky, but yep. at least has steadied the point guard position. Jalen Green is playing the most efficient basketball he has so far in his career, actually getting to the line, using his athletic gifts more than just as a run and jump kind of dude. Yeah. And then Shen Goon is awesome. Shen Goon looks really good so far. 18 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists right now, shooting 60% from the field. Not knocking him down like at a crazy rate from three, but if he gets the ball inside, he's going to score. It looks like he's upped at his athleticism a little bit here. He's at least hanging defensively. Um, all five of the starters for the Houston Rockets right now are averaging double digits. Very impressive. Yeah. Their next 10 games are against playoff hopefuls. So we'll see if they're able to keep tougher. it going yeah. uh, for the next couple of weeks. But... Starting out right now, I'm impressed with the Rockets. You can see why now Vegas, when they're doing their over-under win totals, Houston had one of the one of the higher team yep. totals when it came to win. It was like 31 and a half or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was it was a lot higher than a lot of the bad teams in the league, at least their line. And uh, that was the thinking, right? That Yudoka's there, these vets come in, they're going to just play uh, some smarter basketball and maybe be in some of these games. And yeah, they have been a, a really nice, fun uh you know, good start here to the year yep. for them, and that's a great pick for underrated. I also had them on the list. I like that one. Um, I, I would throw like the Pacers in there as well, mm-hmm. maybe catching some people by surprise. We were high on them coming in, um, and you know the Hawks too. People were crapping on the Hawks, thinking they'll just be a classic 500 team, and maybe they end up there in the end. But they came back against the Wolves. That was huge. They've picked up some victories that they should. Uh, they, they're fun wa- fun to watch. We love, obviously, Jalen Johnson, what he's doing for this team, and he's getting the opportunity that Quinn Snyder's like, trusting him now, so I'd have them on the list as well. All right, next question. Most impressive offseason addition? Where are you going? There's, you know, there's a handful to pick from. I'm going with one man as kind of an avatar for an entire summer. I think Grant Williams has been my most impressive offseason addition. And I'm also th- sprinkling a couple of other Mavericks in there as well. But so far, Grant Williams, 53% from three on six attempts per game. That'll do. Yeah. With the, defense, too. Yeah, exactly. He can play end. defense. Yeah. He can give them a little versatility, uh, being able to guard multiple positions. But right now, they're top five in offense, and they're the best three-point shooting team in the NBA. So a good start for them. Derek Lively, the second, has been a worthwhile tanking endeavor, getting him and looking like he's going to lock down the center position for the Mavs for the foreseeable future. They've had Dwight Powell there forever, trying everybody they can to actually supplant him. And now it seems like he's probably going to settle into the backup big role. Uh, So a great start for Derek Lively. And then Derek Jones Jr., I think, has been a solid find for them as well. A lot of people calling for Josh Green to start, which maybe that eventually happens with this team, but he, Derek Jones Jr. has allowed the Mavericks to play with a little bit of pace. Just give them something different that they didn't have out there as, a, as an athletic guy. Mavericks are playing a little bit more defense. They look pretty solid to start the season. They did get beat by the Nuggets, which is kind of like their biggest 
measuring stick game yep. so far. So they're not quite to that level, but this Mavs team is a lot better than last year's Mavs team. Yeah, for this one, uh, I went with Chris Tapps Porzingis as most impressive. Most surprising, we've already talked a lot about Kelly Oubre Jr. and what he's doing with Philadelphia. That's awesome. But most impressive in terms of like a deal, I like Porzingis with the Celtics. He hasn't missed a game due to injury. That's good. Great start for him. He's fit right in with Tatum and Brown when he's been out there. He's averaging 21 points per game. You know, seven rebounds, that's never his strong suit, but 1.6 blocks per game, so solid rim protection. His PER is 23.7. That's good for 14th in the league. Okay. Um, And he's just been solid. And even though the Celtics have lost their last couple of games, they shot really poorly, and they were in both games. And they're playing really good teams. So, I mean, you know, you can take a little bit from that. You're like, oh, we just had rough, rough shooting nights on those two particular nights. That's why, you know, they lost one in overtime. And then a chance to tie the other one at the buzzer. So they were right there. And again, those two teams they lost to are like a combined 11 and 3. But I think <laughs> Porzingis has really impressed me and it's like fit perfectly. I mean, you can even put in Drew Holiday here too. Like yep. right away into already a really good team, but like these are good players. They got to find a role and it's like instantaneously, it's clicked at least with their, their star players in Boston. Yeah. A lot of teams that made significant moves over the offseason have not clicked to start the season. The Bucks, the Lakers had notable offseasons and yeah. just hasn't looked smooth thus far. Same with the Clippers, just now adding James Harden. But the Celtics, everybody's like, oh, this is going to be a perfect fit. And it's thus far has been a perfect fit. Right. All right, final question. I love this one. What's the wildest stat of the season so far? What did you uncover? I got a good one for you. The Pistons have looked pretty solid here to start the season. They are at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, but it feels like they're in every game. Cade Cunningham is putting up some big numbers right now. 24 points per game, four rebounds, seven assists. You know what his PER is, Skeets? No. 11.7. Whoa. It's the worst PER in NBA history for a 20-point-per-game scorer. Interesting. I don't know how the math works on that. Yeah, what are the turnovers with this guy? The turnovers are terrible. must be high. Five and a half turnovers per game, which leads the league. He's got the 10th worst turnover rate ever for a 20-point-per-game scorer right now. He is shooting 33% from three. That's a career high right now. He's getting to the line a little bit more, which should help him with the efficiency, but... The ball handling is not very tight. He's pretty nonchalant with the ball. He telegraphs a lot of passes. And then, because the Pistons don't have a ton of shooting, he plays in a crowd all the time. The thing that's weird, though, to me is ESPN just put out their top 25 players under 25. Cade is 22 years old. He was sixth on the list. Mm. He's ahead of Zion. He's ahead of Jaron Jackson Jr., Evan Mobley, Paolo Boncaro, Scotty Barnes, Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, yeah. Only because he was the number one pick. Number one pick, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Wow. So what you said the stat was he has the lowest PER in history for a guy that scores over 20 points per game, at least right now. (laughs) Ever. Ever. That is crazy. Yeah. Okay, that's a wild one. But good company because number two on the worst PER ever list over 20 points per game was Pete Maravich. He's all great. Yeah, Yeah. there you go. So keep it up, Kate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Pass it to your own team, I would say. People compare this guy to Luka Doncic because he's big and he handles the ball. But Luka by his third season, was already All-NBA for a second time. This is basically Cade's second season. You would like to see him take a step forward, but comparing Cade to Luka is kind of similar to comparing Trey Young to Steph Curry. Like, it looks the same, the way they play, but it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. When we were playing pickup hoops last night, someone, uh, you just reminded me, Talking Pistons, came up to me and said, oh, I love the podcast. I like listening. But I usually just scrub through and find when you talk about Detroit. And I said, hey, the other day I called your team – 
a good bad team. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> he was thankful for that, you know, backhanded compliment. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, they are. They really, you know, we've talked about them. They're, they're fun to watch. They're getting a little bit better. They're not getting wins here a lot, but that is a crazy stat. I've got one maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe just as insane. Wild stat of the season. 43 seconds into this season, Mike Conley committed a turnover. He hasn't had one since. That's amazing. Again, 43 seconds into the first game for the Wolves, Conley had a bad pass, turnover. He hasn't had one since. Seven games, over 200 minutes. Mike Conley has a minuscule 1.7 turnover percentage. His assist-to-turnover ratio, 30 <laughs> yeah, That's amazing. Chris Paul is next with a really good 9.43 assist-to-turnover ratio. But Conley's is 30 because he has 30 assists and one turnover. That's that's a lot of minutes. Like, that's not like this guy's only played 50 minutes and he just takes care of the ball. That's, that's wild. That, that's crazy, actually, <laughs> because I'm looking at it now and the Timberwolves turn the ball over the fifth most often. Among every team, and it's not it's not one of the other guys doing it. <laughs> it's not Mike, man. Just put the ball in Mike's hands and you're okay. Uh, they, they need that. They need a steady point guard. It was a part of the reason they made the trade last season for D'Angelo Russell. Like, Russell will have high highs. Yes. When he's balling, it looks great. He can't miss, uh, but also he just throws the ball around sometimes, and when he's bad, he looks just as bad as he does good. Yep. They needed something a little bit more steady. They needed somebody who tries to do less now that Anthony Edwards can do more. And apparently it's working because Conley also is in the right places defensively yep. on the other side. He's kind of their only guy who isn't a plus size-wise at his position, but he's so far into his career that he knows what's going to happen. Yeah. He is not hurting your team, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, that's Taking right. care of the ball. Again, 30 assists, one turnover in 200 minutes of action. And his first one, I love that it came like super early, uh, <laughs> 43 seconds in to the season. All right, there's three questions. Uh, let's hear all of your answers there in the stream team, as you are right now. And obviously tweet at us, at NoDunkSync. Let's get some news in here just quickly. According to Shams, the NBA is discussing the possibility of extending its draft format to two days. Uh, This concept has been increasingly discussed in recent meetings as team executives believe they could use more time to make selections in both the first and second rounds. Uh, we got the draft lottery coming up, um, obviously, in May, and then we got the draft in June. So it could happen as soon as 2024. Uh, Thoughts on this, of uh, making this a two-day event, the draft? It seems unnecessary to me. Uh, but I don't work in the front office. I can understand why yeah. they would ha- want to have more than two minutes uh, for second-round picks. I saw John Hollinger writing over at The Athletic said, basically, with all the second-round picks that are traded, because they're kind of thrown around oh, willy-nilly yeah. Yeah. Uh, at this point in time, it can be tough to even figure out who owns what pick yeah. in the middle of two minutes while also trying to figure out which player you want. So I understand that. But I don't think they can do first round one night, second round the next night. Because nobody will watch the second round. Okay. Very few people watch the second round right now. Part of the reason they do is because it carries over from the first round. So you're like, okay, I'm already here. I'll finish it out. See what kind of Taco Bell commercials they have. (laughs) What they should do is lottery on day one, like 1 through 14, and then 16 through 30 and the second round the next day. Oh, I don't mind that idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's solid. Um, I mean, I guess the other thing is you don't have to televise the second round. Do What? That's the whole point. But you just said you're not going to watch it. You don't care. You're the biggest basketball fan I know. That's right. But So who cares? <laughs> They're not going to not broadcast the well, draft I, I, Okay, throw it on NBA TV. Okay. 
There's, they already do NBA TV draft coverage that nobody watches. Well, I know, but... Uh, I was a big part of it for a few years. <laughs> you saw the metrics, did you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You were probably dressed like this. I was. I might still have a Steve Smith card somewhere in here. Okay. Well, anyway, you're right. I mean, this is for, this is for the actual franchises themselves and their front offices. And someone like Hollinger, who worked with the Grizzlies for a long time, yeah. it's like, yeah, you don't even know where these second-round picks are yeah. going. I don't know who has them, and... We're on the clock, and it's only two minutes. Because they are trying to put it all on one night. Yeah. The thing starts at like 8 o'clock, and it's going probably to midnight, right? It I don't know. Late, I, tune yeah. I tune out. If I make it to like the 20th pick, it's like, wow, good job, Skeets. <laughs> You're a hero. Uh, <laughs> you and, then it, I, and then I'm done. But uh, yeah, this will probably be something we see. And you're right. I guess they will. They will televise it. <laughs> I won't probably be watching, but they will televise it. You think they would move day one to Wednesday so they're not doing it on a Friday night? Oh, that's interesting. Well, like, I mean, how many days long does the NFL draft go? That's not a comparison. Well, I know, but how long? How many well, days? Three, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. I Is think it, it's at least three. Four? Four. Four days? Okay. All right. And they go to a different city every year and sell it out every year. Yeah. You can't compare these two sports no, right no, now. No. Yeah. But they like bring out like uh here comes Guy Fietti to announce the Raiders <laughs> pick. <laughs> it's like don't they do that? They bring out like celebrity pickers. Do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They do. I see the highlights. Yeah, might as well bring out some celebrity pickers. Oh, for the NBA one. Sure. Why not? Yeah, Why that's not? a no brainer. Yeah? Who bring out Guy Fietti to for the Warriors <laughs> pick is that's I'm tuning in for that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe we'll head that way. Uh, yeah, the NBA is just trying. They're trying their damnedest to be the NFL when it comes to a lot of this stuff. So, And why wouldn't you? Because it's, it's a lot of money. They'll try everything except for having less games. We'll do everything the NFL does except for yeah. not have well, games. Well, the NFL is trying to add more games. They're trying to become <laughs> yeah. the NBA. Yeah. They're going to have 82 games yeah. before you know it. Uh, all right, let's hear your thoughts on going to the two-day draft. And will you sickos out there be watching it? I'm sure some of you will be. Uh, let's take our first break. When we come back, pick your poison and five-star Friday fun. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, still here in the Classic Factory. Uh, quick clarification. The NFL draft used to be four rounds. It has gone down to three. Yes. Days. Days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, days. How many rounds they got? Six? Yeah, my bad. I screwed that up. All yeah. right, quick clarification on my clarification. <laughs> it was four days. It's down to three. Even the NFL was like, that's too much. We yeah. can do it in three. Uh, Tom Brady was a sixth-round draft pick. Is he the Nikola Jokic of basketball? Yeah, One I of the all-time so. greats in the, the last round of the draft? What what commercial was playing when Tom Brady was picked? <laughs> Probably not, because they are real sickos over yeah, there. Like they're late, like, look late. at these stats. Look at this guy trying to run a 40. Look at this. Look how tubby he is. This guy can't be a quarterback. <laughs> Wasn't that the whole thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. that photo of him? Like, yeah, just looking, looking like, dumpy. <laughs> looking like a Jokic out there. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little I bit. mean, like, like, 
uh, early 2000s, late 90s. I don't know when he was drafted. 99, <laughs> 2000, something like that. Sure. Trying to think of the popular Taco Bell products back then. <laughs> Could have been a Yo Quiero Taco Bell commercial. Could have been an Enchirito commercial. Who knows? Tom Brady drafted. What? Tom Brady was drafted for the uh, baseball, too? Is that right? Uh, he was the 199th pick. Sixth round, you called it. 2000 NFL draft. Go blue. <laughs> there you go. All right, 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 right. All right, let's get into a little pick your poison. Oh, yeah. It's a is this good segment that we just stole. We drafted in the fourth round. <laughs> yeah, they lost their pick, unfortunately. Got it in a swap. Yeah, we did beach stepping earlier this week. Got one great question, which kind of inspired this entire okay. segment. It comes to us from Jack Scheme, who okay. tweeted, what's the most sicko NBA game possible? A 50-point blowout on TNT with Colin Castleton against Caleb Houston in the fourth. (laughs) Two mid-teams in a 78-76 game in the fourth quarter and nobody can make a bucket. Or C, Pistons-Blazers shootout, a random player has 40. So which one... Which one do you think is the most sicko? I guess you could add your own if you wanted to, but which do you think is like the... Which do you have to be a biggest sicko to Uh, actually be watching? That first one. I would say a (laughs) 50-point blowout with, uh, you know, a couple, you know... No namers really yeah. going at it in the fourth. I would say that one. It's not Pistons Blazers. Like that sounds that sounds fun. That's a league uh, pass alert turn on yeah, kind of game. And, and a weird low scoring game is, is such an anomaly at times. You know, I respect defense every once in a while, so uh it's not that one. It's the first one for, yeah, me, for me. Sticking with a 50-point blowout when Colin Castleton is hooping. Yeah. No. That would be tough. I'm, I'm firing up to, uh, yeah, Winterhouse or something like that at that point. <laughs> you know what? I, let me check here. I got to make sure this is true, but I like that Colin Castleton, I think he's a tall guy, six foot ten. Colin Castleton. I mean, that sounds like a fake player. The Castle Man. <laughs> Castle himself. Colin what did you Castleton. say the other guy the other day? Uh, Colin Gillespie? Or Colin Ge- Gillespie. Gillespie. Yeah, Gillespie. we got a lot of Collins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Colin Sexton? Yeah, there are a lot of Collins suddenly. Yeah, Colin Baton Rouge by Garth Brooks. What a tune. <laughs> Our next pick your poison. <laughs> All right, Skeets, this is a, a question for you as a fan of a basketball team. Okay. Would you rather... Have your favorite team play their whole season on an in-season tournament court or their entire season wearing sleeved jerseys? Oh, okay. So this is as a fan. This is not me personally. Right. Because if it was me personally, you know, I got on short sleeves. (laughs) So um, that's sort of a sleeved dress shirt, but also not really because a dress shirt... Is usually all the way down to the the wrist. That was smooth, actually. Thank you. Um, Okay, as a fan, though, would I rather see a whole season of my team on the IST court or the sleeved jersey? (sighs) I think I'm going to go the court. Yeah. Wow, really? I don't. I did not like the sleeve jerseys. I'm actually surprised you're yeah, choosing that. No, 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 no. I, I, a basketball jersey should not be sleeved, in my opinion. That's, what are we, football? Um, <laughs> give me one of these crazy courts. I mean, some of, some of these courts, we're going to see a whole lot more tonight. It's uh, day two of the in-season tournament, yep. so we're getting a lot of new courts here tonight. And like last Friday, some of them bad, some of them okay. Some of them even growing on me, dare I say. So I'm going court. Interesting. I would definitely be going sleeve going jerseys. jerseys. I want to. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really cared. I don't really care about shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's know. one of the one of the three worst parts of an arm. No. If I'm watching the Raptors, I absolutely need to see shoulders. Oh, okay. 
Have you know why? Ask me why. Why? <laughs> why is because Jakob Pertl has some of the hairiest shoulders and arms going right now. <laughs> Our guy Rhino Settens back in the day always said Andre Drummond, the big penguin himself, had the hairiest like that's a good point shoulders and sort of back. Check out Pertl, or at least the last I saw Pertl, it's out of control. And it's, like, more prominent on a white guy, right? Because you can just see it. That dark <laughs> hair is showing up better on HD. Um, so I want to see uh, Pirtle's hairy shoulders, which is why I've got to see it on the, on the whole s- the season of the IST court. <laughs> I guess you're saying he needs some Pirtle wax on his shoulders. <laughs> oh, the people. Yeah, that's good, man. The people say uh, 67% agree with you right now, Skeeth. They would rather see a whole season on the IST Okay, court. we got we got a poll. People hate those, po- uh, those sleeve jerseys. You know what I was not expecting yeah, was teams to also have an alternate court that matches... Their city, edition. their city edition jerseys. Like we saw the Pacers had one yeah. last night with the gray and the graffiti kind of thing. The heat culture, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, courts are crazy. These I'm days. telling you, it's, I, I don't know. I guess you could make it the case that it's, it's never been a better time to be a court installer <laughs> or, it's, or, it's, or it's the worst <laughs> because I, they don't, do they get paid more? Is this a thing that's hourly? Cause they're changing courts left and right nowadays. So yeah, that's good. Pro- that's yep. that's you must get paid. That's by work. the court, by, by the, the per court. by the by the parquet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, by the each by each like each uh, stick of parquet <laughs> that you have to yeah, put down. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. Maybe uh, I don't know. I, if you are someone that works uh, in the court installation business uh, for an NBA team, please get in touch with us. I want to know your pay structure. I'd like to see some W twos <laughs> and. Uh, I want to really break it down. I want to know if this is good business for you or this is like, oh, my God, they just added so much to our plate. They just added so much to our floor. (laughs) All right, next one. All right, the next one. This is you as if you were a player, Skeets. Would you rather take a charge from Zion Williamson or have Victor Wembanyama block your shot without jumping? Oh, my God, this was an easy one, man. Block my shot, Wemby, without jumping. (laughs) I'm not taking a charge from Zion Williamson. Yeah. I'm going to be folded in half. Yeah, I think that's... uh... I'm going to be on on the injury reserve list for months. No, no, no. You can go ahead and block me, Wemby. You're doing it to everybody else. Yeah. You're doing it to, like, guys that are 6'7", 6'8". So you can do it to me, you know, knocking on 5'11". Maybe you're wearing a taller uh, taller, uh, shoe today. Yeah, I'll I'll give you 6 feet. Um... (laughs) No, no, you can't give me 6 feet. You can give me 5'11". And that's pushing it. Five ten and a half, probably uh, technically. We're rounding up. Yeah, but five eleven, sure. Yeah, uh, the people uh, tend to be agreeing here. Eighty five percent. I think it's actually seventeen percent are psychos that want to take a charge from yeah. Zion Williamson. But I will say, I wasn't expecting Victor Wembanyama to have this many blocks where he doesn't jump. I thought it happened like. One or two times a season, and it happens every single week. Yeah. The OG Ananobi one was hilarious. Oh, yeah, so he's yeah. like trying to bump him off. Victor's basically on the other side of the rim, just reaches over. Well, that's the thing. OG be- did bump him off. Yeah. He's way stronger than Wemby, but it, yeah, those go go gadget arms, it doesn't matter. He just right, reached across, like you said, still yep. blocked him. Though I will say, the, the correct answer here, if you're a real team player, it is take the charge. That's getting yeah. the ball back to the team. That's to your right. team. The Wemby block, I mean, you're obviously, I assume you're not maintaining possession there, so. But I'm not a team player. Not when it comes to sacrificing your body. <laughs> not in the regular season, at no, least. No, 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 for sure. All right, you're a player again, Skeets. Would yeah. you rather score a career-high 50-plus points in a loss? Mm. We just saw Giannis Antetokounmpo do it. We saw Zach Levine earlier this year. Right. Uh, both 50-point games so far in a loss yeah. uh, this season. Or would you rather go 1-for-20 in a game, but the one you hit is a game winner? 
One for 20. One for 20. I, I think if you had made this one for nine, one for 10, maybe even one in the low teens, but it's a game winner, yeah. I would lean towards that one. One for 20, that's really bad. I don't care. That's pretty bad. I don't care if I hit the game winning shot. I think I'm taking the career high 50 in a loss. Again, regular season? Regular season. If it's regular season, then yes. If it's playoffs, I go game winner. That matters. A playoff game winner yeah. is, memor- is more and memorable more. Yeah. than a regular season 50 point game. Is that true? I would think so. It seems like it to me. Yeah, because it would be like even your fan base would be like, holy crap, you know, John Starks. Not that he ever did it in that sense. but no, pretty much the opposite. Yeah. He was a one for 20, though. Yeah, right. But if it was a game winner, Knicks fans, he'd, I mean, he still is a hero to That's them. exactly right. So he'd be even more of a hero. So um, playoffs, one for 20. Give me that 50 points and a loss in the regular season. This one is a little more split so far. Okay. 55% are going with the game winner. Okay. Big okay. Sundiata Gaines fans. <laughs> yeah, we still talk about his still game winner. Talk about you know? <laughs> and it does seem to be a comeback, but I just shut the poll down. So game winners it is. I'm taking the 50 as well. Yeah, Easy choice. Easy would. choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're a fan again, Skeets, and you just saw your team get lit up by somebody you weren't expecting. Would you rather it be Kelly Oubre Jr. or Dylan Brooks, who's blowing kisses to you out in the stands, wow. or maybe to your team's bench? We've seen both of them do it so far yeah. this season. Okay, so who would I... Uh... Picking your poison, who would I prefer yeah. to be blowing kisses to me or my team? Yes. Getting killed by, in, in this yeah. hypothetical, the Sixers and the Rockets and sort of by these guys because mm-hmm. they're blowing kisses. Ooh, woo, woo, woo. Um, I think I'd rather Dylan Brooks be blowing the kisses at me. I'm more of a Dylan Brooks fan than most people. He does have a very punchable face. He doesn't feel Canadian, but he is. But, I mean, I would laugh more at him blowing kisses. Kelly Oubre Jr., like, he when he blows you a kiss, it's like this guy. He, this guy wants to take me out for dinner. You it's know, sensual. like it's very sensual, which in a weird way makes it makes me angrier because he's like having a little more fun. So I'm gonna say Dylan Brooks is the the pick your poison answer here. I'd prefer that, I guess. I think I'm going Kelly Oubre because I love the way he offers it up. Like when Dylan's blowing a kiss, it's like. Yeah, right in your face. But when Kelly does this, it's like, oh, it's so like yeah. Floats <laughs> out to you. you like you want to catch it when yeah. he throws it to like, you. Like okay, okay. And he's just always blowing kisses, anyways. I don't feel like it would be that insulting. He'll blow a kiss at you in the first quarter. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> he's not afraid to blow an early kiss. Yeah, he's not afraid to blow an early kiss. That's what people are always saying about Kelly Oubre Jr. Uh, our final one what here. Was the, what's the poll on this one? Do we oh know? yeah, let me check this poll. I got to check our resultsies. Okay. Eighty uh, percent are saying they want a Kelly Oubre kiss. They prefer it. Wow. Yeah. I think, yeah, uh, that doesn't surprise me. I think he's a he's at least a more well-respected offensive player uh, than Dylan Brooks is, so maybe it doesn't feel quite as bad. Yeah, that's true. Okay. All right. The, this last one here, I had to call in uh, my pick your poison experts, my college friends from back home. We used to play these stupid games literally all the time. Yeah. So they came up with one really good one and a bunch of very gross ones. Okay. Yeah, really, really gross <laughs> ones. But maybe we can do. Uh, on a playback or something, <laughs> something where it doesn't live playback forever. After dark. All right, so your final pick your poison, Skeets. I don't know where this one came from. Completely uh, not related to anybody I know's life. Would you rather your favorite team be a dynasty as a kid and then win no titles for the rest of your life or one championship every decade for your life? Oh, that's good. Okay, so this is from the fan perspective. Yes, yep. So you're saying you as a Bulls fan, obviously the Bulls racking up great. titles yep. when you are – a young teen, right? I yep. guess even younger. Uh, or the opposite. Wow, the one championship every decade. That's good. I think I lean towards the one championship every decade. That's, like, pretty fun. Like, 
you know, especially if you are having a family and stuff and you're getting your kids into it. That's and a great like, point. You know, you're going to see some success, but it's not too much success. So you're not like a, you know, a team that everybody hates because you are a dynasty. Because that's what happened with, with dynasties, even though you love them because it's your team. But other people turn on them. But yeah. if the Raptors to win a title every 10 years from here on out, it'd be pretty cool. 2029, yeah, sure. It'd be awesome. Yeah. So God, I'm, he's at the top of his powers. I'm going that one. And... You know, really, I don't know how long I'm going to live, but it sounds like I might end up with more championships for my favorite team. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. So give me that one. Uh, The people are with you right now. 87% of people are saying one title per decade. And maybe that's the right choice, but... I'm taking my dynasty. Oh, well, you have no choice. I got no choice, man. I got a stupid Bulls flag. I got two of them. The dynasty as a kid, like, in a weird way, this sounds crazy. It almost does suck, though, because... I mean, I saw it as a Blue Jays fan even. Like, they weren't a dynasty, but they go back-to-back. That mm-hmm. was huge. That's, like, right when I'm, like, most into baseball, you know, obviously you're, like, you just – because you're set up – the reason I say it sucks because you're set up to think, it's going to happen all the time. Yeah, uh, huh. yes. <laughs> We're going to be winning championships my whole life. Look at how good our team is. And then, obviously, yeah, Bulls, Jays, whoever, there's many examples where it's, like, no, you're going to be bad for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. So you get almost angry or you're, like, well, what happened to those days? What happened, what happened <laughs> to the good old days? Yeah, so – it's that's a more frustrating, uh, you know, sort of result here. So I'll, I'll give me the. I, I like my pick. Yeah, I th- that's not a bad pick because the the thing with having the dynasty, the nothing is you don't know that nothing is coming. You're like exactly. You're like hey, we'll be back someday. I got the number one draft pick, the youngest MVP ever, man. Uh, We're back, baby. Yeah, you're always you're always Oof. thinking. You're right. You're always a back in the day guy. But back in my day, it was really cool to watch those teams. Sure. It was really sure. cool. Thanks for playing along, Skeets. That's great. Pick yeah, your poison. Yeah. Love it. Thank you, Matty Thank you to you. Thank you yeah. to all your friends with their uh, answers or questions, I mean. Uh, and we will do that again. That's a fun one. All right. Let's have some five-star Friday reviews. Five-star Friday, the first Friday of every month. We look at five Apple podcast reviews with it, five stars. Is this the first Friday of the month? What's well, the... First, second Friday of the month. <laughs> I, the reason I asked that, because I did think it was the first Friday. I'm like, hold on, it's November 10th. It's the that first doesn't... full week of November's first Friday, there you if go. you want to. There you go. Hey, we do it once it. a month, okay? That's we do we it do. once a month, yeah. and we did it middle of the month last right. year. So maybe we'll work our way to a perfect first Friday of December. We shall see. We'll see. All right, our first one comes from Isaac. Who says this is the best basketball podcast out there? Fact. Love this show. The guys know basketball and provide smart insights that you don't hear elsewhere. Plus, the show is even better when they get sidetracked and argue about whether you need to eat breakfast. <laughs> Been listening since I was 14. I'm 24 now, and I can't wait to be listening when I'm 34. Great review. Great review. Um, and you uh, just gave me an idea uh, a couple days ago, uh, especially you podcast listeners, should subscribe to us on YouTube. Not just because it helps our numbers, but we do release some fun, silly things over there. And we did this thing called Drunk Dunks, where we had a clip talking about me fixing my gutters. (laughs) And we slow it down to 0.5 speed. We all sound drunk. I don't know why. It's hilarious to us. Most people seem to get a kick out of it. Um, But maybe we should go back and grab the infamous breakfast argument and make that into (laughs) a a drunk dunk clip. Slow it down. And uh, have a bunch of guys arguing about bananas breakfast. and breakfast and Gaudy stuff like that. Just an idea. Just an idea. We have another one coming up this weekend. It's not that one. But, uh, yeah, make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. But yeah. great review. Yeah, great review. The next one is from Subu1234, titled JD for Hall of Fame? Question mark. Wow. Mm. Could be an exclamation mark as far as I'm concerned. There <laughs> seems to be something wrong with the rating system. 
I want to give it a rating higher than five stars, but can't seem to do so. Hmm. I've been listening to you guys all the way back from the TBJ days. You guys are just awesome. Of all the guys loving basketball on this podcast, JD is the one that's going to be elected into the Basketball Hall of Fame <laughs> with his suggestion on how to improve the All-Star game. Wow. Mm. Wow. Not not for all your podcast work. Nope. Not for no. your endless hours of producing. <laughs> but you for your the case. Yeah. And can you remind people uh, that maybe missed that show, JD's uh, fix to the All-Star game? JD, can you remind the people? Uh, yeah. It was make it count so that everybody who plays on the team – on you know the east or the west, yep. their team would it would count as a wing, and then whoever lost on the say east one, all the east teams get a win, and all the west teams get a loss. Right, and we we did massage it a little, saying maybe we yeah. got to go back to the draft because that would more make more sense. We got east and west yeah. all mixed up on these two teams, yeah, and then they're really playing for something. They play for a win in the column for their team. Yeah, I like it. A lot of people like it. Yeah. Some I, people really hate it. Of course. Yeah, well, Shut I mean, up. That's how you know you have a good idea. Yeah. 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 It's polarizing. <laughs> that's right. Also, a few birthday wishes in the reviews uh, for oh. JD. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yes. it's, thank uh, you it's a nice way to goose the ratings. <laughs> we got uh, four birthdays around here. Oh, I did tell people <laughs> for his birthday to give him yeah, a yeah, five-star nice. rating. Thank it was you very nice, actually. Well, when, I love it. And when's your birthday? February. February, yeah. August. Yeah, start time, yeah. What'd you do for your birthday, JD? Did you do anything fun? Literally nothing. Happy I spent birthday. it with you guys. Oh, there you go. Oh, what could be better? <laughs> You're right. A lot of things. <laughs> Our next review comes from a Holeswasser. I'm a convert. Sports podcasts and radio shows are dry, stat-filled snooze fests. This is none of those things. My boyfriend introduced me to this podcast, and I was instantly addicted. He couldn't be more proud. The banter is lively. The jokes keep coming, and the hosts somehow make you feel like a part of the friend group. Congrats on converting the skeptic. Probably scarred by my father forcing his young daughter to listen to AM sports radio in the car. I'm completely on board. Keep it up and sending positive healing vibes to Tass and his family. That's very nice. That is, that's a great review. That's right a quality there. review. Yeah, that's somebody new getting folded into the universe. <laughs> that is no dunks. Word of mouth. That's the best way for a podcast to grow. That's why I always say I try to slip it in there. Tell a friend. Tell your friend. I mean, it's tell one, your girlfriend. It's one thing tell your to boyfriend. Like. It's one thing to subscribe. Just tell somebody else. Yeah. Just tell them. Just tell them. <laughs> Just tell them, hey, this ain't this ain't your dad's AM radio. <laughs> yeah, we never talk stats, except for when we had that question about stats. Yeah, wildest stats. It wasn't stats, boring, though. Yeah. It wasn't a snooze Coming fest. up at the top of the hour, the wildest stats of the end of the season. <laughs> There's a man out there that hasn't turned the ball over in 200 minutes. Over to you, <laughs> Jackoff. I don't know. <laughs> Skates and jackoff in the morning. I love it. Hey, let me have jackoff right now. Turn it into skates and jackoff. Pew, 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 pew. Skates and jackoff. Coming at you live in the morning. Sorry. Uh, Jackoff here. Our next next, uh, review is from Sam Medlin, who says, Matt Bonner complimented my garden. (laughs) What? I don't know. Matt Bonner complimented my garden is the name of the review. You fellas deserve big props for always keeping it light and fun. The NBA media scape was types of cereal. You guys would be triple berry oatmeal crisp. I can have it every day, and it's still my favorite. Wow. P.S. What are the odds you can get Agent Sebastian on No Dunks to discuss Ooh. hoops? Agent Sebastian is the cartnark. The cartnark. Uh, I was he a basketball fan? I had a feeling he was not. <laughs> I, you know, I, we never asked yeah, I don't think yeah, I, did, I didn't. Hear anything in that podcast no. that suggested? Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm assuming here right now, but yeah, he's too busy telling people to put That's their right. uh, carts back in, yeah. in parking lots. 
Uh, Matt Bonner. What was that? Matt Bonner Garden. Complimented my garden. Complimented his garden. Walked yeah. by. Yeah, maybe. Saw a beautiful garden. I could see Matt Bonner doing that. He's a man of nature. Mm. He's a man yes. of nature. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe there were a lot of vegetable, fresh vegetables he could put on a sandwich. Oh, right. <laughs> saw sandwich. some tomatoes, saw some lettuce, some yeah. sprouts. Yeah, good call. Final review from I Am Smart. It's titled, Okay, Now We're Talking. Yep. Now We're Talking. <laughs> This is that easy breezy Hooper stuff. You try to call your friends. Ring, ring. Want to talk about SGA's crazy game last night? How about the latest Harden drama? Let's stack rank the best backup point guards in the Western Conference. Nobody answers. They <laughs> duck you in public. They ask you to seek help, but you won't do it because you don't need it. What you need is no dunks, where three guys talk right at you about all those things and more. Slick production, charming hosts, stinger music. Bing, bam, boom. What can I say? Now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. I'll tell you what. That's the best. This is the best batch of Five Star Fridays they we've ever had. Yeah. Seriously, we love them all. We love all the reviews. We love all the five star ratings. But this is the best. I mean, you've pulled some bangers here. They're good. And these are all fairly recent, you're saying. Oh, yeah, definitely in the last month. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't that. even have to fake it here. Thank you. Now we're talking. You think that could catch on as our catchphrase? <laughs> now we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, that's all we do. <laughs> so, Welcome to No Dunks. Now we're talking. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And we are. You want to make a shirt? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Put a basketball podcast microphone on there, like the olden days. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Now we're talking merch. Now we're talking skeets and jack off in the morning. Uh, all right, Coming let's, at you. Let's take our final break. Thank you for all the reviews. Keep them coming. And uh, yeah, tell a friend about the show. We'll take one more break. Uh, when we come back, some rapid fire fun. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, still here in the Classic Factory. Start wrapping up this drop classic. Uh, we have rapid-fire fun, but before we get to that, I got some information for y'all, especially you people north of the border up in Toronto. No tweet of the night. I want to tell you about the sport versus media 
charity basketball game where athletes are going to face off against people who cover them, Canadian media members, including our very own Jerome Chang. <laughs> That's right. Our guy Let's Jerome go. is going to be playing in this game. Uh, Huddle Studios is a senior year practicum project and is being independently funded and produced by the students. Uh, they got a charitable partner, though, the MLSE Foundation, so all extra proceeds from the event are going to help uh, get more kids and girls uh, specifically into the sport. So notable names include uh, Alex Wong. We've got Will from the Raptors show. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, Jerome. Blake Murphy, I think, is a coach in this thing. The game is <laughs> November 25th. Go to sport versus media.com again if you're in the toronto area uh to get some tickets and uh obviously for a good cause and hey look we did this back in the day jd you know our senior year practicum mm-hmm. oh we didn't do this we didn't put on a basketball game that would have been your nightmare uh <laughs> but we what we wrote Instead of, and my whole life ended up being basketball. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, we, we, we uh we wrote and produced and shot um a pilot for yeah. a comedy. <laughs> yeah. Comedy. It's a lot of work. Some funny parts. Yeah. Some not. It's very tough. It turns out it's very tough to write for television. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this okay. sounds really cool. Um, I got to be honest. I want to get up there. You want to go? Sort Show of. up unannounced and play? I want to play these athletes. Again, mm. these, I mean, we're talking athletes here, too, from the school. Like, not like not, not all basketball players. Like, yeah. across all disciplines. Okay. Like, there's like... Uh, yeah, like people that are like meddling in other events. Like there's going to be some oh. athletes. So uh, good luck, Jerome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's already promised to do a mellow three to the head okay. when he hits a three. Nice. Not I, if. It's going to happen. I think we can watch this online. There's too. a stream. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Should we play back this? <laughs> play it back, baby. <laughs> I mean, I sort of want to. Uh, I wonder what type of quality they got there. Huddle Studios. Better be good. Together. It better be good. Better be, better be good. This guy, what are you, Professor JD yeah. over here? Yeah, You're going to be right. grading the production. I guess yeah, that's the whole point. That's the point. It's a practical. Do you believe they're getting graded more on the event itself or the actual production? Hopefully the product. Is it for the sports The sports broadcast? I think school? so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's, then it's the production. Our former school, Ryerson University, now called TMU. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Blake Murphy, by the way, yes. coaching the sports side. Did you see that? I did see that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Crazy. How did you, you don't want like, a turncoat? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Turning his back on Alex and Will. Yeah. What like, a coaching against them. It's a total Kevin Owens He's move. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good luck to everybody up there. And again, uh, go support a great cause. Uh, sounds like a fun game. And uh, I'm going to look into tickets uh, trying to get us up there. <laughs> okay. Uh, before we go, some rapid fire fun. Oh, yeah. I've got the questions. We've all got the answers. First one, big news. Taco Bell is bringing back the double decker taco. The fan favorite returns in December because nothing says it's the holidays like a soft tortilla wrapped around a traditional crunchy taco with a layer of refried beans serving as mortar between the two. <laughs> eh? No. NBA fans might remember the original DDT commercial with Shaq and Akeem riding a tandem bike together. They were going to play like a one-on-one game too for so a million good. bucks and all that. But anyway, uh, what a commercial. And that was for the double-decker taco. My question... What's a retro food you would like to see make a comeback, Trey? I'll be honest. I was excited to see that the double-decker taco was coming back until you described the beans as mortar. Mortar. That's a. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> it is. It definitely is. And you is. said uh, famously your dad actually created this. Oh, yeah. You think or he thinks. He absolutely <laughs> thinks. Steve. Yeah, wow. Steve thinks he invented the double-decker taco because 
he loved to brag about how spotlessly clean his plate was after we ate tacos. So he would wrap his hard shell taco in a soft shell. No mortar. But he didn't put, yeah, he didn't put yeah. that. He was doing it just, just to be able to brag at the end. Look at this. Well, it's like I didn't even eat on it. That's a weird brag, Steve. I respect it, but it's a weird brag. Let's check out how clean this plate is. Uh, retro food for me, Jello pudding pops. Wow. Okay. You guys eat Jello pudding pops back in the day? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I didn't know they'd even gone away, but apparently they went away at some point in the mid '90s uh, because the process of like actually making these frozen treats was like too expensive. So oh. Jello, despite the fact that they sold a ton of pudding pops. Was not profitable because because the freezing process was too wow. intense Weird. or something like that. It was crazy, but man, I lived on pudding pops. My mom would never buy them, but when we go to visit my grandma, she's like, "You can eat all the pudding pops oh, you yeah. want," and we would just save hundreds and hundreds of sticks underneath a rock. There were no well, <laughs> you have come up with this. No rules at an airport. Mm-hmm. No rules at grandma's house. That's so yeah. true. Everything goes. If mom says no, ask grandma. That's right. That's right. Uh, JD, what retro food would you like to see come back? Well, it hasn't really gone anywhere, but it's not very popular, and it's one of my guiltiest of pleasures. It's rice-a-roni, the San Francisco treat. I love it. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what it is about it. My kids hate it. Rachel yeah. hates it. Yeah. But I got a couple of boxes stashed away, and I'll whip up some every once in a while. It's just a great side. It's not rice. It's not vermicelli or vermicelli. Vermicelli? What, what is it? Vermicelli? You're a vermicelli. Yeah, vermicelli. Yeah. <laughs> a vermicelli guy. Yeah. You love uh, it. I love it. I love it. I don't care who knows it. Rice aroni. It's delicious. Team rice aroni. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, I have two answers that were old McDonald's products that I actually never tried, but after doing some research, I really wish I could. Yeah. One from the uh, Chicago land area, the McJordan special. It was a value meal back mm-hmm, in like mm-hmm, 92 mm-hmm. Uh, celebrating MJ. A quarter pounder patty with American cheese, circular bacon. Mustard, pickles, onions, pretty pretty straightforward. Yeah. And then a specially barbecue sauce. Ooh. I love, 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 love barbecue, barbecue sauce. sauce. One made by Michael Jordan. Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm intrigued. And then the other one, the cheddar melt. This was a product, like, in the late 80s that McDonald's had. It was removed from the menu soon after that. I think it made a brief comeback in the 2000s. But it was McDonald's nod to the patty melt. Mm. Yeah. I love a good, patty though. melt. Yeah. yeah. Grilled onions, cheddar cheese sauce. There was like teriyaki sauce on this wow. rye bun. I know that's, <laughs> that's a weird. That's a weird little flavor choice. Okay. Apparently, though, uh, I don't know if we have any Brazilian listeners or viewers. I think we have a handful of them. Uh, the cheddar McMelt still is available in Brazil. Okay. So, you know, once we make that trip down there for a live show, we'll get a cheddar McMelt. Hell yeah! Yeah, those sounds those, good. Those, yeah, those sound good. To yeah. Me. Uh, next question here. The NBA erased one of the rebounds that Bam Adebayo was credited with in Monday's win, denying him the first 20-rebound triple-double in Miami Heat history. Very rude. What's something that you were or are close to achieving, Trey? I'm nearing in on 500 pickup games played this calendar year. Played 434 games so far. Whoa. Whoa. It, oh, since, since January 1st? Since January 1st. I've played... 73 times, like 73 pickup basketball sessions. So I'm counting, like, you know, we played, I don't know, six or seven games last night. So I'm getting close to 500. 434. I think I'll come up a little short because end of the year we won't be playing, I'm sure. Holiday stuff, yeah. But 
That's a lot of basketball. That's a lot. Yeah. Of it. I mean, it's great. And you do a crazy thing. Again, I played with you last night on Thursday night. You play Thursday nights, and then you play right uh, Friday mornings. Mm-hmm. Did you play this morning? Yeah. Yeah, that's a quick turnaround. Didn't have quite as good of a run this morning. <laughs> no. It was, a fa- it was a fair run this morning, but it was a great run last night. Last night we were yeah. killing it. Uh, what about you, J.D.? What's something that you were or are close to achieving? Uh, close to 5,000 YouTube subscribers on Is This Good? Hey! hey. Channel. That's so nice. That's a nice little milestone, and hopefully by the end of the year we'll we'll get there. Okay. Did so. you tell people for your birthday to go subscribe? No. To is This Good? Well, that's what you got to do. Yeah, I know. Okay. Everybody go subscribe to Is This Good. It. We'll drop it in the on chat. On YouTube. Uh, my answer for this is... Um, I don't know, some recognition for the most podcasts ever recorded? Huh. That may sound stupid possible. and fake. <laughs> I don't think it is. This is our 1,000th and 46th No Dunks podcast, okay? Yeah. <laughs> With The Athletic. We've done probably close to 75 No Buffs podcasts. Yeah. We've done a bunch of other like Fast Friends and other types of summer programming mm-hmm. that sometimes we don't include in those numbers uh, of No Dunks. The Starters did over 1,300 shows. The Basketball Jones did over 1,000 shows. I just want to know if there's a person on this planet that has been on as many podcasts or like, you know, hosted, co-hosted as many podcasts as I have. That's crazy. Because I didn't miss many of those. No. Th- that's a lot. So somebody f- tell me if there's somebody out there that has more. So close to 5,000. Uh, um, let's say 4,000. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's say 4,000. That's a lot. Close to 4,000. That's a lot of hours. That's a lot of hours. That's a lot of podcasts, so. I mean, is there a Guinness Book of World Records that I can apply to? <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, uh, yeah, there is. Yeah. Should I? <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah, what do I have to lose? <laughs> Nothing. They're going to say, sorry, there's somebody else that's... Yeah. yeah, maybe there is somebody, but you can take them down. You yeah. can just keep podcasting. That's true. That's we right. could go two a day until we take them down. <laughs> now we're talking. Oh, you want to goose the numbers. That's not goosing the numbers if you're recording two well, podcasts a day. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's, a lot of days we are doing two podcasts a day. That's true. That's true. Uh, all right, final one here. NBA teams, marketing departments have a new challenge this year, getting fans to care about the uh, new in-season tournament. Well, the Hawks, they took a bold approach. Check out this 30-second spot they shared on Twitter earlier this week. Only Hawks fans know where the real action is. Only Hawks fans know what they really want to see. And only Hawks fans know just where to get it. The all-new NBA in-season tournament. Join in and wake up your wild side. Yeah! Baby, oh my god. (laughs) So only Hawks fans know where the real action is. That's the tagline. It's spoofing the adult social media site OnlyFans. For those podcast listeners out there, the video featured the team's mascot, Harry the Hawk, posing seductively on bed, touching his feathers, cacawing all over you. <laughs> I want to know what's the sexiest sport. No, I want to know what's the sexiest mascot in sport. Easy one for me. <laughs> Mrs. Met. <laughs> Have you seen oh. Mrs. Met? <laughs> wow. She's married. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. She's married. This is she's Met. beautiful. <laughs> That's the sexiest mascot in sport. That's a good oh, one. Baby. That's a good one. Very good. Well, that... JD, can you do better than her? Well, I, I was trying to figure out well, who's the sexiest person out there. I looked in the mirror. It was me. So, Go on. I picked uh, this guy. <laughs> What's his name again? 
Gritty. Gritty. It's like looking in the mirror. Yeah. Some similarities. Some similarities. It's like if I had red hair, I'd be gritty. Yeah. So, sexy. Oh, for sure. Especially Uh, in this outfit. (laughs) I have a weird answer to this because I did some research. A survey done in 2021. Men said, just men, said that Vanderbilt's mascot, Mr. Commodore, was the sexiest. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, a strapping looking mascot. I suppose you're right. He's a Commodore, too. Yeah. Like, you know, Trey was talking about Master and Commander the other day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, everybody's into it. You're right. This guy is a Master and a Commander. Uh, Women in the same survey, they found the Duke Blue Devil as the sexiest mascot. Okay. And uh, okay. overall, I think Willie the Wildcat from uh, Northwestern University garnered the most sexy votes. But uh, I don't think you can beat Mrs. Matt. No, <laughs> he's got you a cool can't. look. Who? Willie? Willie, Willie does Willie's have a sexy? cool look. All right. Yeah. What, about, what about the NBA? Who's the sexiest in the NBA? Out of Harry, I guess. <laughs> Only one to open and only fans. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. You tell us. Sexiest mascot in the NBA or all sports. That's Rapid Fire. That's The Drop. Hopefully another classic. You tell us in ways of likes and subscriptions and five-star ratings and reviews. Fun week. Thanks to everybody for joining us all week long. Enjoy the in-season tournament action tonight. Enjoy all those new courts. We'll be back on Monday for some NBA weekend winners and losers. I'll tell you right now, we're going to be included in one of them. I know it's a little outside of the NBA scope, but uh, we have a three-on-three tournament this weekend. When was the last time you played in a three-on-three tournament? It's been... Since Gus Macker? My last one was absolutely a Gus Macker, uh, but I don't remember when it was. It was that long ago, before we moved to Toronto. So we'll either be winners or losers. Uh, We'll break it all down. Our guy Esh has put this together with one of his friends, so uh, TK and I will be playing... Uh, in three on three. Hopefully nobody gets injured. We'll break it that down. We'll break down the NBA with winners and losers. It's going to be a must watch show come Monday morning. So join us then at 10 a.m. Eastern. Until then, enjoy your NBA weekend. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, now we're not talking. Embrace the weekend, people. (laughs) As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.